0: Alright, so if everyone's got that, open up to Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to be reading All it, and make sure you're following along, starting in verse 13 there. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking up the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. And John is going to jump up and help us understand that.
1: Well, hello, my friends. I've missed you. It's good to be back haven't been around at Youth as much and I'm stoked to be with you tonight, looking at the Word. Uh, My name's Jono, if we haven't met, um, yeah, we're going to have a good time looking at that passage together. Keep it open in front of you because that's where we're going to spend most of our time. But um, let's pray, let's pray first of all and then we'll dig into the Bible together. Father God, Your Word tells us that everything is garbage compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And so, knowing how good it is to know Him, we pray that You would help us to know Him more tonight. Father, if we're distracted um, or finding it hard to understand, I pray that You would help us, help us to pay attention to Your Word, help us to listen, help us to see Jesus clearly. Father, I want to pray that tonight would be life-changing for us, as we see who You are and who Your Son Jesus is more clearly, Lord, I pray that that would change everything. I pray that it would fill us with joy. I pray that it would change our lives throughout the week. I pray You'd do a great work in us tonight, by Your Spirit. Amen. This is a funny question, right? What is God like? That's a strange question, but it's a really important question. Now, you might be sitting there, you could be sitting there going, well, what's God like? I don't even know if God's real. Maybe that's your question. That's a question that a lot of people have. Is God real? What evidence is there for all that kind of stuff? And that's a, that's a question that does matter and it might be a question for another night. But have you ever thought, just, just imagine for a second, come with me on this, God is real. If God was real, if you're a doubter, what kind of God would you want? if He was real, what would you want God to be like? That's a question that really matters because what if, for example, what if God is real but He's actually a big jerk? What if, yeah, He is there, He's in charge of the world but He's heartless? What if God's got it in for us? Imagine that, imagine if the God of the universe who controls everything who made you, what if He doesn't like you? What if He actually doesn't like you? What if this whole world and all the pain and all the suffering that people go through is like a big joke and you're the butt of it because God's having a laugh? That is a seriously scary thought. What if God is real but He's not nice? That's a a scary idea. Here's another one though. What if God is real but He's just not really interested in us? So sure, He's there, He's out there somewhere in the universe but you're never going to hear from him because he doesn't really care much about you. He's kind of just indifferent. You know, that piece of pottery or some other crappy thing you made in primary school and at the time you're like, this is good, but then later on you're like, I'm I'm a little primary school kid, this thing's crap, right? And you put it in the bottom drawer at your house and it just kind of rattles around there and you forget about it. Sure, you made it, but who really cares? I made that ages ago. What if we're like that to God? What if God's real... But really, he doesn't care. He's not really going to do anything with us. He doesn't. You'll never know him. That's a scary thought as well. What is God like? It's a question that really matters. Now, tonight in this passage, there are answers to that question. Tonight in this passage, you have the opportunity to come to know the God of the universe. Serious. You can meet him tonight in these words in the Bible in front of you. That's what's on offer. Here's the first thing you'll see about the God of the universe in this passage. Here it is, Jesus is the Almighty God of the universe. Now maybe that's news to you, you might have been around for a while but that still might be a new thing to think about. See, maybe you've heard that Jesus is really, 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 really important but did you realise He is God? Maybe you've heard that He's the Son of God but did you know that Jesus is God? This passage shows us something extraordinary about who Jesus is. Jesus is God himself walking around in our world as a man. Have a look at the passage with me, pick it up. Verse 13 and 14, Jesus and his mates are out in the bush. There's a big crowd of people with him there. Verse 15, there's a problem. Look at the problem in verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said... Well, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Disciples are right, this is a a serious logistical problem they've got here. They're going, Jesus, how do we feed this many people? If you look in the last verse, it says that there are 5,000 men there, let alone women and children as well. It's like at least 10,000 people there, out in the bush, no food around... And like, how are we going to feed all these people? Jesus, go send them off to the town so they can get food. There's a Netflix documentary about a music festival called Fire Festival. This happened in 2017. Basically, Fire Festival is the most epic fail that's ever his- happened in the history of music festivals. It's incredible. A bunch of rich people and some celebrities got together and like, let's make the world's best music festival, right? And so they go, we're going to put it not just like in a city, in some stadium. We're going to go out like to a, like a deserted island in the Bahamas or something like that. And we're going to put a music festival there and it's going to be like a luxury music festival. It's going to be incredible. It's fancy and expensive. And so they they head off. They do it. They ship a bunch of people out to this island, and it sounds like it could be amazing, right? Wrong. It is bad. That's what it ended up looking like. The accommodation was a complete mess. They overpromised. They gave people like cyclone relief tents that you put victims of like natural disasters in. There wasn't enough food. It was just the worst. They got thousands of people on this island. Like, how do we feed all these people? I don't know. Here's a cheese sandwich. It was really dodgy. They didn't have enough of it. It was a big mess. It was, it was a little bit like fat last year when the storm took us out. Right? It looked like looked just like fat last year. But fat was heaps good. We didn't overpromise on that. Um, But the the thing, right, is you can't just, out in the middle of nowhere, just be like, let's feed a few thousand people, yeah, that'll be easy, and just pull it off overnight. That's a big deal. And it ended in total chaos for Fire Festival. Here in this passage, it seems like Jesus and his mates are headed for like a disaster on the scale of Fire Festival. You know, how are we going to feed 10,000 people out in the middle of the bush? This is bad news. What are we going to do? We've got to get these people food. Classic Jesus... He's pretty chill about it. Look at verse verse 16. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. The classic Jesus stitch up. 10,000 people in the middle of the bush, and they're like, Jesus, we've got to get these people food. And he's like, You do it. (laughs) And they take stock of what they've got. Look at verse 17. They go, We have here only five loaves of bread. They're like the size of a little bun from Woolies, right? We've got five loaves of bread. And two fish, they answered. Now that is not a lot of food. Normally that would be a really big problem, an epic fail. But Jesus is anything but an ordinary guy because look at what happens next. Look at verse 18. Bring them here to me, Jesus said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves and then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over and the number of those who had who ate was about 5000 men besides women and children man that is a epic miracle of just crazy proportions Now, some people like to talk this down and be like, oh, yeah, maybe, but maybe just they were really satisfied in God that day and they just were happy not to eat or something. No, no, it says they ate and were satisfied by the food they ate. And some people like, maybe it was like a miracle where like Jesus just tricked them into thinking they'd eaten enough and he was like a Jedi mind trick, you know, you are full and they're like, okay, we're full. No, no. This is the miraculous multiplication... Of food that wasn't there before. You've got some food, a little bit, and Jesus is creating enough food where there wasn't enough food before. At the end, they pick up 12 basketfuls of bread, which is more bread than the five loaves they had to begin with. This is insane. This is crazy. Jesus has done something amazing and it should blow us away. We should be like, what? That's impossible. Exactly. This is the kind of power which only the God of the universe himself has. It breaks the laws of science. No human has ever done anything like this before. Jesus is showing that he has power like only God does. You're meant to be like, that sounds impossible. Yeah, that's right, unless he's God. But not only is Jesus showing us that he has power like what only God has, he's actually doing a particular thing, teaching us, that this is God. Jesus is doing something that actually God has done before in the Bible. You guys tell me, when, when else in the Bible has there been a time where you've got God's people hanging out in the bush and they need food and so God provides bread for them? When has that happened? So yell it out. Go for it. Hansel and Gretel. No, that is not in the Bible. Incorrect. Sorry. Good answer, though. Where is it? Yeah, That's right it's in Exodus, so Israel, God's people have left Egypt and they're now in the wilderness and God feeds them with bread. I want you to come with me in your Bibles to this part of the Bible, come to Exodus chapter 16, real quick, Exodus 16, it's the second book in the Bible, so right near the front of your Bibles. That Hansel and Gretel kid was funny, that was very good, good work. There is a gingerbread house and gingerbread is a form of bread, very funny. All right, Exodus chapter 16, come there with me. Israel have just been rescued out of Egypt by God, but just like that other group in, in our passage tonight, there's a problem. Look at verse 1, Exodus 16. The whole Israelite community set out of Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between, you know, above blah, blah, geography. And then the Israelites said to them, if only we died... This is verse 3. If only we died... Um, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt... There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food. My goodness, I can't read tonight. What's going on? If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. He's talking to Moses, but you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So the people of God are saying, hey, it was better when we're back in slavery. We had all the food we could want back then. That was heaps better they're complaining and then God does something. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people, the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day and so on. And then have a look at verse 14. You can see this happen. Look at verse 14. When the dew was gone, this is in the morning, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them... It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. God provided bread for his people in the desert. And if you look at verse 35, it says this: it says, This is what God did for 40 years while they were in the desert. God provided for his people for 40 years, miraculously, with food for them as they wandered. This is a big piece of Israel's history. This is that everyone in this time knew about this thing. It's a big deal that God did this for 40 years and then back in our passage tonight, Jesus turns up and here He is, is in the wilderness with a bunch of people in the bush and they've got no way of feeding themselves, just like in in Exodus and out of nowhere, Jesus gives God's people bread and fish. He provides for God's people and what He's saying is this, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm God. I'm doing what Yahweh, God, did. This is God walking around as a man, doing incredible things. This is meant to blow your mind. And so, guys, what do you do with that? If Jesus is God, what do you do with that? Well, for starters, you actually have to get what you believe about Jesus right. You've got to get your theology right. Jesus is God. Our God is Trinity. Trinity. Our God exists as Trinity, He is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is who our God is. See, often we talk about God the Father and we just call Him God. We're praying to God the Father and we just call Him God, but Jesus is also God. The Spirit is also God. All three of them are equally God. And if that doesn't mess with you enough, if that's a little bit confusing, well, we only worship one God. All three of them exist as one, three persons, one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is the God of the Bible. This is who our God has revealed Himself to be. It's incredible. Our God is incredible. Jesus is incredible. And not only, not only is He just incredible to even think about who He is as He exists, He is powerful. Jesus can do anything. If you follow this God, you pray to a God who rules the world, nothing is beyond Him. At the snap of His fingers, He can feed a crowd like that. We should be awestruck with the power of our God. But here's the second thing, because not only is He the Almighty, not only is He really powerful, Jesus is the compassionate God of the universe. You can see this really clearly in verse 13, check it out. 13 and 14, when Jesus heard what had happened, he's just heard that Herod thinks that he's something else, when Jesus heard about this, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So he's trying to get away, he wants some space for himself. Hearing of this though, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus is trying to get away, He wants some space to Himself but this crowd turns up and He sees them, they're desperate for Him, they need Him, they've got sick with them and it says He has compassion on them, He has compassion, He feels compassion for them. And then He acts with compassion and He heals them, He meets their needs. See, often in the Bible, as you read these miracles that Jesus does, often what's going on is Jesus is trying to teach us something, right? So just like in that feeding miracle we saw, that wasn't just a cool party trick. Jesus wasn't just like, I'm going to really mess with these people, watch this, all this food. No, no, He's showing us that He's God, right? He's teaching us things by the miracles that He does. But here in verse 14, when He sees these people... It's pretty simple, He just sees them and He has compassion on them, sees they're in need, He cares and so He acts. And actually the same is also true of the feeding miracle because not only is Jesus showing us that He's God, there's a big group of people in front of Him who He sees are hungry. So He cares and He gives them food, He meets their need. Jesus heals sick people, Jesus feeds hungry people. Not only is He the Almighty God of the universe, He's the compassionate God of the universe. And guys, those two truths side by side are the most wonderful news in the world, that both of those things are true, not just one, yeah, sure, God's powerful but He, can't, he doesn't really care about me. Or God, He's compassionate, He's full of love but He's a weakling. No, no, both of those things at once is the best news in the world, so good got a confession for you. This is for you guys right here particularly. I'm a little bit behind in my Avengers movies. Uh, So, two weeks ago, for the very first time, I watched Infinity War. That body count was crazy, right? Now, for a few years now, you guys have been like, Thanos, Thanos. Thanos, click your fingers Thanos, I gave you one tonight, there you go, that one. Um, and I've been playing along, I've been like, hey, yeah, cool, cool, I'm like a character of Avengers, that's heaps good, I'm like a superhero or whatever, that's heaps good, um, cool, 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 playing along, um, like i got a strong chin, that's nice, looks like a whole bunch of bums, but apart from that, you know, and I've been, I, I can deal with that, I can deal with being like Thanos, and then I'll watch the movie, he's a bad dude, like he's really evil, I look like a mass murderer. Like, this guy is bad. It's a little bit hurtful, guys. (laughs) Nah, I'm all right. Um, But here's the thing with Thanos, right? (laughs) You might need to get rid of that picture just because you guys are just like, get a picture with them together. Um, Get rid of the picture. Um, Thanos has unlimited power in the world of Avengers, not in real life because he's not real, but he's got all this power. He's so powerful. It's kind of scary, it's terrifying. But he's a bad dude. He's a really bad guy. It sucks when you find someone who's got ultimate power and they're terrible. Jesus is the Almighty God of the universe, but He's good. He's compassionate. He has power that should bring us to our knees. I don't know if you think of Jesus like just the friendly dude who's just, just nice and all that, but like read Revelation chapter 19. Jesus is terrifying in the power that He has but He's also good, He's also compassionate, He's loving, He sees the sick and He heals them, he, little children come to Him, he, he cares for them, He draws near to the weak and the suffering and the hurting. It's incredible, this is who Jesus is and if you put your trust in Him, if you come to Him, He will have you, He'll be for you, He loves you, He cares for you. And so, first of all, guys, come to Jesus for your needs. How incredible is it that in Christ, our God is for us? He is with us and you can come to our God through Jesus. I don't know what your life looks like at the moment, but I know for a bunch of you, it's actually a bit of a mess and maybe you come to youth and you put on a brave face because this place is fun or whatever, but underneath... Lots of you are just wandering through a terrible mess, you're hurting, many of you are lonely, some of you are sick, depressed, stuck in your sin, wish it wasn't so but it is. God sees all of that and if you cry out to Him, He hears you, He cares about you and you can pray to that God through Jesus. Because of Jesus, you can come to the God of the universe in prayer He's powerful and He's good. And so make use, pray, for goodness sake, pray. Second thing though, guys, if you're a Christian, you need to learn to be like your God. We need to be compassionate like Him. Imagine what it would do to your school if Christians were the one in your school who were known for their compassion if that was what people thought of the Christians in your school. See, sometimes Christians can have all sorts of reputations in their schools. Sometimes Christians are the ones who are stuck up and they only ever hang out with their little group of friends. Christians are the ones who hate the gay people. Christians are the ones who think they're better than everyone else. Christians are the ones who talk lots about the truth, but they're actually really mean in the way they do it. Now, often those reputations are a bit unfair and kind of only half true, but sometimes there's something in it. What are the Christians known for in your school? What if your school was a place where Christians were the ones who care about the lonely people? Invite them in. What if your school was a place where Christians were were the ones who defend the weak people and the people who are different? What if your school was a place where Christians were the ones who love people even though they still disagree with them? What if that was what the Christians in your school were like? What would that do? I reckon it would change everything. I reckon it would change a bunch of people's lives in that place. Christians, be like Jesus. Be compassionate. All right. here's where we've been so far. We've seen who Jesus is and we've seen that He is the Almighty God of the universe and He's the compassionate God of the universe. That's who He is. Here's the last thing you need to see tonight and it's this you need Jesus more than anything. I know that sounds like a cliche but it is incredibly true. So think with me about this for a second, think more about bread for a second actually. See, we don't get what bread represents, we really don't get what bread means in the Bible. It's God's basic provision for people, it's basic sustenance. It's the thing you need to stay alive. In Australia, we're so used to having enough food all of the time that that's not how we think about food anymore. For us, the question isn't, tomorrow will I have enough calories to stay alive for another day? That's not what we think. Instead, we're like, what calories would I like to eat today? I don't know. Would I like calories that are... Mum, mum's food, that's not very good, I might sneak off and get some macas before youth and then that, I want that kind of food. Or you might be like, I'm on a diet so I don't eat carb calories anymore, I don't like bread anymore. You might be like, I'm a vegan so I don't really eat anything at all, you know. You, you know. <laughs> um, good on you, it's good for the environment. But in Jesus's context, bread was everything. It's the most basic food, it was what you lived off. Most people couldn't afford to eat much more than bread. Weren't able to be fussy about what they were going to eat. That's why when Jesus... He teaches us to pray in Matthew 7 um, and Jesus Jesus says, I think it's chapter 6 now, I'm lost, 6 or 7. In one of those two, Jesus prays and He says, pray like this and and He says to ask God for our daily bread. He's saying, ask God for your daily needs of just getting by. In John chapter 6, you've got the same record of this feeding of the 5,000, right? It's the same account, but afterwards, Jesus teaches his disciples some stuff and he makes some pretty crazy claims about bread. Look it up on the screen. He's just fed this mob of people and then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. He's saying, you need me. You need me. That's what he's saying there. Bread was everything. It was survival. It keeps your body going. And he's saying, I'm like that. I'm your most basic of need. You need me. It would be for us today, it would be like Jesus saying, I'm your oxygen. You cannot live without me. But if you come to me, you will find oxygen that will give you life forever. I'm your eternal oxygen. Now, why? Why is Jesus the most important thing you could ever hear about, the most important person you could ever know? Why? Well, because of what he does on the cross. Come to one last passage about bread. Again, come to Matthew chapter 26. Come in your Bibles to Matthew 26. We're all about the bread tonight. Uh, In Matthew 26... Jesus, this verse 26 as well, 26, 26, Jesus is going to explain this thing called communion. Now, communion is a thing that Christians have been doing for 2,000 years to celebrate and remember what Jesus did on the cross. And here's why Jesus tells us to do it. Look at verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. He's saying, this bread is my body for you. On the cross, Jesus' body was broken. As He was crucified there, as He died there for us, His body was broken for us. And not only that, look at verse 27, then He took a cup and when he given thanks, He gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Why? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why is He giving up His body? Why is He giving up His blood? for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus did all of that. Jesus went to the cross and died so that we could have forgiveness. That's why Jesus is everything. He died so that you don't have to. He died as a sacrifice on your behalf so that if you would put your trust in His death for you and have Him as your King... His death counts as your death, so that you don't have to face the punishment for your sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross, that's why He's like oxygen, the most important thing you could ever have. Now, I know that I'm talking to some people tonight who, even as I talk, are sitting there going, this is rubbish and I don't need this. But it breaks my heart because you actually do. You may not realise it, but you need Jesus desperately. He's your only hope. He's everything. And guys, you could go through your life and have everything else in place. You could have the best life. You could have all the friends and get the girl or get the guy and be popular and then later on you get a good job and get stacks of money and drive a nice car and have a nice house and just win at life and get everything you could possibly imagine in this life. But if you don't have Jesus... You are spiritually starving and one day you will be eternally dying because you are cut off from God. You need Jesus whether you know it or not, you need Jesus more than you know. And so guys, if you don't know Him, come to Him. And if you don't know enough to work out how to do that, Find out how, talk to a leader here and come to Jesus. Put your trust in Him as your Saviour, follow Him as your King and He'll have you. He's compassionate, come to Him. And guys, if you do know Jesus, if you're a Christian, you have everything. You could go through all of life losing and at every point, life sucks. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. Such good news. Let's pray. Father God, thank You so much for Jesus. Thank You that He died for us. Thank You that He rose again, that He's the King. And thank You that He's not only powerful but He's compassionate. Well, we pray tonight for those here who still don't know You and still don't know Jesus. I pray that they'd come to know You. And Father, thank You for the privilege it is to know Jesus. Amen.